Welcome to the Career After COVID podcast, preparing for success after the pandemic, with Fleur Hull and Kim Koreljevic. Hi, Kim. How are you? Yeah, I'm really well. How are you, Fleur? Good, good. It's a good week. The kids started back at school yesterday, so I've got a lot more time to myself. I actually miss them. I mean, I was really looking forward to them being back so that I could get a few more things done. Yeah. But I missed them yesterday. Not oh. so much today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. That's good. I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So in WA, they're, um, yeah, we can, uh, we can have the kids back at school. So, um, and they love it. They're so happy to see their friends. We've got to drop them at the school gate. Yeah. So no parents are allowed on school grounds. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, they're happy. I'm happy. Yeah. Cool. Um, it's good, yeah. How's your week been? Yeah, good. It's flown by. Um, just working on a few things and a few, you know, job things. And um, I'm actually spending quite a bit of time really, really early in the morning getting up, um, spending time with my horse. So, you know, put two hours in before you know it. It's, you know, it's only the beginning of the day. So, yeah, it's a nice time of day. It's quite hot here still. So, um, yeah, so that's been good and just trying to get more of a um, routine. So yep. I actually have a whiteboard now. Wow. Uh, about 15 things that are kind of active in my life at the moment and the night before I put a dot under each one uh, to achieve the next day and then the next night I tick off the ones that I've actually achieved. Just to Oh, sort of- fantastic. How many of the 15 do you, do you put? Well, look, the other day, how many is there? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Oh, there's only 12. But the other day I wanted to do six and I achieved five. Great. So I'm not, I'm not over, you know what I mean? I'm not sort of going, you've got to do 15 things today, like, which I use, that's what's in my head. Me but too. put it up there, it's like, oh, shit, I think five might be, yay, you know. That's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. need that visual, just that cue. That's so that's a really good idea. Yeah. You've motivated me there. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a good, simple one. Yeah, yeah. That's but that's what it is. It's just cruising along and, you know. It's great. Things. You've got 15 things in your head. I'm, I'm probably the same or 12 yeah. things or whatever if I write them all down as well. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm going to yeah. do that. That's motivating yeah. me. When you write it down, you go, oh, there's another one. Oh, there's another one. Yeah, you know, yeah. why your brain's clogged. Yeah, you know, I've got a little to-do list on my phone, so at least I've got sort of it mobile. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, there's something about having it in front of you in your in your space, isn't there? Yeah, my little nook here. Yeah. Anyway, all good. So in this episode, we're going to keep talking about self-employment as an option for us. Yep. And for others who might be listening. Mm-hmm. Um, and last week we talked about choosing your niche and we put some resources up. We've still got to add to a few of those around asking some of those questions about who you want to serve and what you're really good at and what you're qualified in, all those questions. Yeah. Um, and um, today I want to talk a little bit about getting a feel for what the demand for areas is out there. So actually doing a bit of market research and some of the things I've been doing to get an idea of what's out there. Have you ever used Google Trends? 
Um, a little bit. When I first started looking at, you know, Amazon and stuff a few years back, I did use it a little bit, but by no means proficient. So, yeah. Yeah, it's quite an interesting one um, and I'd recommend it to people out there. It's actually really good even if you're in, a, you know, it doesn't have to be about starting a business. It's just good about whatever industry you're working in to get an idea of what people are searching for. So it gives you 12 months of history uh, so it's just trends.google.com. Okay, great. And um, you can type in and compare a few different keywords. Yeah, cool. And it can compare the search volumes. Yeah. And you can hone down to particular markets. So you can do worldwide or just Australia or just Queensland. Um, and then it does a comparison. If you're searching in Australia, for example, it will do a comparison by state. Mm-hmm. You can start to see which states are, you know, going gangbusters for particular trends. Mm. Um, so it's quite a good tool just to get an idea and it also helps you work out whether um, the market or the demand for a particular thing you're thinking of selling, product mm. or service, is steady over time, if it's ticking up, if it's just a fad. Yeah, cool. So it's just going up and then straight down again or if it's on the decline, yeah. in which case you want to not really be part of that market. So I find that's a really good first place to start. Did you say you put in multiple search terms? Like you can. Yeah, yeah. So you start with one and then it's... What would you do? Can you give me an example? Um, so, for example, I was just looking at some of the uh, search terms around coronavirus. Yeah, right. To see what people are searching for. Right. And um, so I was looking at, um, you know, I was curious about all that stuff with Trump uh, talking about not not the most, most recent um, disinfectant stuff. <laughs> But, you know, when he was talking about um, hydrochloroquine and those sort of um, malaria drugs, I think they are, and just just I, it wasn't even in, to, in the context of business searching. I was just interested to see what the, the search uh, volume was like. And sure enough, you know, you can see it just go up. Um, yeah. And quite a few of the media outlets have done a whole lot of um, analysis as well on people's search terms during the progression of the virus. So in the beginning it was lots of what is coronavirus and then it started, the search volume picked up like literally the day the first, this is in the States, the first death happened in the States. There yeah. was a huge, in, you know, increase. Yeah. And then... Um, um, you know, symptoms of coronavirus, then people were searching for because I guess they were worried though. And then people were, then the economic stuff started to hit. So then people were searching for, um, you know, unemployment benefits and all those sorts of things. Right. So, yeah, quite quite interesting. But, yeah, so you can compare, um, you know, what people are searching for, uh, you know, in that example, hydrochloroquine versus, I was actually doing it unemployment benefits just to see how the two, the kind of the health searches interacted with the economy searches, I guess. It was just a curiosity of mine. So that was that example. But you can do it, you can choose any two things you like. You know, if you're in, like I used to be in solar panels, you know, working in solar panels and all that sort of stuff. So solar panels versus... um, battery storage versus wind turbines, you know, whatever. Just it gives you an idea of the search 
um, and it compares like for like in the same markets and can yeah. give an idea of what things are starting to trend and which are constant over time and, and those sorts of things. So obviously coronavirus, yeah, virtually no no one was searching for it, you know, four months ago, even though there were other coronaviruses, you know, mm. there's, there's virtually used to see the graph tick up like crazy. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, so that's that one. Oh, cool. Fantastic. Um, the other tools I've used, which are paid tools, although they give you, I think, a week free trial, are a couple of keyword research tools, which are much more detailed than Google Trends. And one of them's called SEMrush, so S-E-M-R-U-S-H. Mm-hmm. And the other one's called RFs, and it's A-H-R-E-F-S. And um, I'll put all these up in the in the show notes. Right. Um, and, yeah, you sign up and it's, look, you need to sort of do the tutorials because particular SEMrush is a little bit more intuitive, um, but there's some really good data in RFs as well. So it's just a matter of personal preference, but they give you a really drilled down report and not just on general search trends, but you can actually put in websites and find out what their traffic's like, what people are finding their search. So you can put your competitors in there once you know what you're doing, as in once you know what market you're going to go into or potential competitors even and see what search terms they're being found on. Yeah. It just starts to give you an idea of the sorts of keywords that people are searching on when they're looking for particular products and services in particular markets. Yeah, okay, cool. That's great. And it's really, um, really helpful stuff. So there, there are a few of the tools that I've used. Um, and, yeah, and also just typing in to Google what it is that you want to sell and seeing who comes up in the search yeah. results, you know, yeah. to, to identify yeah. particular competitors. Yeah. So they're some of the uh, the tools that, that I've used along the way. Um, did you have any particular experience or feedback on use what sort of things have you used in the past to get a sense of who who and what is out there well i remember i did i had one called jungle scout and jungle Jungle, scout yeah jungle scout is one that's very tightly i think attached to amazon Ah. in terms of that product stuff so if you're looking to sell a product yep that is really strongly um attached to how those sales are tracking. So yep. where are they tracking? What is it? You know, um, you can get really nitty-gritty. I think it is, I think, again, it's got a free trial, but um, and then you do have to pay. But I think if you are going to do an Amazon product sale business, I think something like Jungle Scout is kind of always recommended as being one that you really, really pay for the subscription. Um, I can't remember the details of it. My sister will probably remember, but... It's stuff like um, oh, got all those critical questions that you would ask, like yeah. how many other people have sold this in the last week? Yeah. Where are they? Like other vendors, not even yeah. just 
purchasing but the other vendors and where did and you know just kind of looking as to you know yeah again that the 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 tracking of how many sales is it consistent over time or is this sort of a seasonal thing and yeah like it's really really valuable like we really yeah we really enjoyed using it too it's kind of wild like you know you can just punch in this stuff I mean the data is all sitting there so it's just the way that they've interfaced and the questions you ask so Jungle Scout was a really good one. Um, I really liked that. But, again, that was very much a product sale kind of way of doing things. Yes, yeah, okay. no, well, it's worth looking into as well because yeah. uh, one of the things I um, will talk about a bit later on is uh, affiliate marketing and, and yeah. obviously is a big big player in that space. Um, yeah. So to have that data. One of the things I like about Etsy Yeah. Um, Etsy's another, for those listeners who don't know, Etsy's um, a marketplace, online marketplace for handmade and vintage uh, and also sort of art and craft materials. And um, one of the great things about Etsy is you can actually see how many products have sold. Mm. So Mm. some of that data at least is already there for you to see. But no doubt there's, um, I don't know of any... um, whether does Jungle Scout only interface with Amazon or is it? I can't remember to be honest. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure there'd be something similar for Etsy if you're in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, getting back to what I was talking about the other day about wanting to perhaps make something. Yeah. Um, you know, Etsy's obviously the place for those sorts of things. Um, so that's on my mind as well. But uh, yeah. I'll definitely check out Jungle Scout. I remember you mentioning that there was an Amazon tool. Yeah. Um, ages ago. And mm. um, so it's good to get the name of that and we'll put that yeah. in the show notes. So yeah, that's cool. really great. Um, I guess for people who are thinking about going into their own business, making up their own business um, and don't really know where to start, one of the things that I've been doing a fair bit of reading on is which types of businesses give you the most potential upside Um, and definitely product-based businesses um, have got their their advantages Um, we'll talk about those in a minute but a lot of the stuff that I'm reading at the moment is talking about selling education and expertise Mm. and digital products you know so whether it's courses ebooks um you know video content those sorts of things and uh i think it's a really really interesting area worth exploring i think and i feel an affinity with it because um i like making content i've also worked in universities yeah so i know a little bit about i'm not an educator but i've worked with a lot of educators um and so the idea of making content for people to hear about things that they're interested in is um, quite appealing to me. And I think what surprises me when I listen to a lot of podcasts is that there's almost nothing out there that someone doesn't want to hear, that, that there's not a niche for. You know, there's people interested. When you look at all the podcasts, yeah that are in Spotify or on Apple Podcasts. Yeah. People have just the most 
you know, I can't even think of some of the weird niches that I've discovered, you know, looking through the sorts of things that people are listening to. But you can almost search for anything and someone will be doing a podcast about it. And same on YouTube, making videos about it. <laughs> so... YouTube loops all the time, believe me. <laughs> just yes. things I, come, I, I wake up to. I think that's what happens. I get into a, a YouTube loop and I fall asleep and you wake up and you're like, whoa. What, <laughs> whoa, what am I what am I doing here? Yeah. <laughs> so absolutely, there's a niche for everyone. Yeah. So um yeah, I just think, you know, for anyone who is feeling like they're having a midlife crisis or stuck in a something that they don't really love, it's a really nice way to start a bit of a side hustle, mm. start writing or talking about what you love mm. and just getting it out there. Mm. And um, and that's kind of what we did, right? We just exactly. were like, let's just have a chat about this and someone might want to listen to it. Yeah. Um, and I think as I've said along, all along, there's probably four or five other things I feel like I could just get on a microphone and yabber away about. <laughs> Whether anyone would want to listen. But you can do it. That's what's so cool about it. I know. I know. Exactly. And uh, I actually had a friend ring me who's, um, you know, quite a successful kind of corporate person, um, rang me a couple of days ago and said, hey, um, tell me about this podcast business. You know, is it hard to do? And uh, there's a few little technical things, hmm. but uh, it's not. It's not hard at all. And hmm. um and I get a bit of help, so I pay someone on Fiverr to edit this and pull it together. Mm. Um, but uh, I should learn that, that that sort of skill, save myself, you know, five bucks. Um, <laughs> five dollars US. Yeah. About nine dollars Australian. Yeah, it is at the moment, isn't it? With GST. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, that's just one area for people to, um, to, to really look into. And I guess if you're into something, uh, whether it's through your professional life or your personal life or a hobby, uh, trying out and, and looking into what content is out there and maybe there's an opening for uh, for you to to talk about and uh, create content around something that you're interested in, so that's um, definitely an option. E-commerce is obviously huge, and getting back to the Amazon sort of stuff that we were talking about, um, stuff like drop shipping. Yeah. Don't know if our audience knows much about that, but it's uh, where you can set up a business uh, and select niches and buy products from manufacturers in low-cost manufacturing countries like China or India or, um, I mean, China's the biggest one, but Vietnam as well, and um, sell them for, for a margin and a profit. Um, and then once the order's placed on your site, it orders a, uh, the item and the merchant in China ships it directly to your customer and you get the difference between what you pay them and what your customer pays you. Uh, there's also a variation on that called print on demand and that's becoming quite big as well uh, where it's the same idea but it's... Um, can either be customised or 
basically like the 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 name says it, it the company manufactures it prints it whether it's a book or a customized towel or mug as you order as you place the order as your customer places the order you place the order with them to print it they manufacture it package it and ship it to your customer for you and you pocket the difference but it's pretty competitive you know everyone's searching for the next new big niche uh, so yeah, you, you need to look into that a lot, but it's definitely something to look at. Have you had any, um, experience in those areas? I've certainly looked into dropship. Yep. Um, because it's kind of a low cost startup idea because mm-hmm. you're not actually buying or holding stock. At yeah. Any time. It's not kind of an on demand. Um, obviously the margins lower because you, you're not getting, you know, instead of paying $2 because you bought 2000 items you might be paying five dollars because you've only bought the one exactly so the margin of profits a lot less and and you do lose a bit of control in terms of the customer service in terms of the way you might choose to package stuff but you can work with manufacturers who understand that and they'll work with you um the interesting thing about covid at the moment is that it's actually putting a bit more demand on delivery of you know parcels coming through Australia Post, right? I've, I've had a lot come, and I'm like, where are you? Because, damn it, I'm waiting for my three days to be up and my products to be here, but I'm exactly. waiting for a week. Yeah. Um, the interesting thing about dropship is that shipping time actually can be a lot longer as well. So, in this kind of current time, people have become getting a bit used to waiting a bit longer. So, and that's the sort of thing with dropship. Dropship can take a bit longer. So, dropship actually at the moment could be a good opportunity because one of the things that was considered a bit of a negative in the past is kind of just become a given, right, that delivery time. So that could be a, a worthwhile one. And there's some really interesting platforms out there who you just sign up and you just start picking from the list they've already gone out and done all the sourcing of products from manufacturers. So they're kind of in a little intermediary in the middle of it all. Yes. So, um so, yeah, I think it's a great opportunity. I really I kind of didn't pursue it because of that shipping time. I know I'm a really impatient purchaser. I want my three to five days shipping. When it turns into like two to four weeks, I'm like. Yes, but that's a really good point you've made that people have, have shifted their expectations. Yeah, so drop ship could be an interesting one at the moment. Again, and it is kind of low cost to get started with if that's sort of you want us to have a little dabble in the online marketplace area. Yes. Um, yeah, so you just have to, I think with drop ship, I think you just have to have some very strong customer service so when things aren't going to plan with delivery or whatever from the shipper overseas you know your customer can have a very strong quick point of reference with you to answer those questions and sort of put their mind at ease a little bit yes Um, yes yes, that's one of those and returns policies as well I think is an issue having having the ability for um you know, things to get returned if they're not to people's exactly. satisfaction and, and for that process to be fairly um, yeah. smooth at the uh, the manufacturer's side. Yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. But definitely an interesting option. Yeah. yeah. All of a sudden, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I guess, yeah, just in e-commerce more broadly, um, one of the um, the platforms that's, you know, really popular now that um, I'm sure some of our listeners have heard of is, or most of them, Shopify is one of the, uh, I mean, there's a lot of 
create your own website uh, tools out there now, the Weebly, um, Wix. Uh, obviously, WordPress is still, mm. you know, considered kind of the gold standard, but it requires more coding knowledge, whereas the sort of the drag and drop yeah. approach, a template-driven approach of your Shopify's and Wix and Weebly and those. Um, but Shopify has an amazing uh, interface and they also have a lot of app developers who develop uh, plugins, I guess, that fit with your e-commerce website through Shopify to help you take care of a whole lot of things, whether it's really great analytics, um, abandoned cart apps, you know, yeah. when a customer is yeah. has put something in their cart and then they click off, yeah. you know, having a having an opportunity to say, hey, if you, you know, what's, you know, in some way following that up and, and finding out what's going on, why they abandoned cart or encouraging them to come back. Uh, so, yeah, Shopify is really a great one. And at the moment, I think I mentioned last week, they've got a 90-day free trial on. So for people who are thinking about going into selling something online, right. you can try that out. Yeah. You still have to pay. Um, so there's a monthly fee, which is almost like the website hosting fee, plus then you pay a transaction fee for all of your transactions. So the transaction fees still apply if you if you do sell stuff in that 90-day period, but you're not paying that hosting fee while you uh, try things out. So that could be an option for people. That's great. As yeah. well. And there's a whole lot of resources online. And Shopify themselves actually have a really great set of resources around helping people get their businesses up and running. And one of my favourite podcasts is the Shopify Masters podcast, which they run, and they talk to Shopify merchants. Um, it's really motivating, you know, people just talking about how they started out with this idea and now they've turned into, like, you know, a $10 million a year business and stuff like this, obviously pre coronavirus you know there's there's a few case studies coming through now yeah who are pivoting in the virus but yeah if you look through their back catalogue there's some amazing inspirational stories I, I listen to them on my walks that's yeah. something I forgot to mention when we're, you're talking about going out with the horses and getting into a routine I'm really making an effort to, to go out on my walks every morning yeah. and that's been really great actually just that sort of processing time during mm. um during the virus, uh, keeping mm. active. Um, yeah, so Shopify, brilliant, and couldn't recommend that um, podcast more highly, Shopify Masters. It's, it's the guy who hosts it is just low-key but really, really gets gets the great info. So, yeah. Oh, that's cool. I love the, I like, um, it's great to have ideas, but if you can find something that pushes you and inspires you when you go, I, I can do this. Like this is this is so me. Like I, you can see yourself. I think that's the inspiration part that you're. Oh yeah, about. a lot of times I'm just racing to get home to kind yeah. of write stuff down and and put you know put some ideas down because I almost every episode I listen to I I think of things I could be doing. So wow. But like you said earlier, the problem is actually focusing on one or two or a small handful rather than the sort of 18 different possibilities that are always running around in my head. Exactly, exactly. Mm. Um, and then affiliate marketing was the other one to talk about. So, um, again, for those who don't know, affiliate marketing is a way for content makers 
um, to and advertisers, I guess, but content makers to create content that refers readers and listeners and viewers to products and services. And if they click on the links that you refer them to and they end up buying something from the product or the from the vendor that you recommend, then you as the content producer get a percentage uh, commission on that sale as an affiliate. So lots of um, big companies have affiliate programs that you can sign up for. Um, standalone retailers um, but one of the biggest ones is the Amazon affiliate program and you can sign up you need to have a website first and you can sign up as an affiliate and um, that enables you to get either cash back takes a while for it to be processed I think sort of four to six weeks or something um, or even Amazon vouchers if you just want to spend and um yeah, get, get vouchers in that way rather than having to sort of um, get it into your bank account and deal with it that way. Uh, so that's something I'm looking at at the moment in a few different niche areas. So I'll keep you up to date with how mm. I'm going on that. Yeah. Um, again, just to gather experience, just to see what it's like. Um, and I'm just setting up a simple little website, someone on fiverr.com, which is a great freelancer website. Um, and they're setting up the website for you. Yeah, and and oh, bringing okay. all of the links, putting in all of yep. the links for me um, to the products that I choose. Yeah, great. And uh, I've actually I've already got a website. Sorry, but it hasn't been. I had it set up with ClickBank, which was another um, affiliate program, right. but it wasn't doing so well. And I think things are moving more towards. There's definitely a lot more popularity for Amazon affiliate program now. Yeah, sure. So I'm moving from ClickBank to um, to Amazon. Uh, and so, yeah, a guy um, on Fiverr, I think he's in Pakistan, he's going to do that for me for $40 US. It's great. pretty amazing. It's great. Yeah. It's great at the moment to have the time to explore all these things, isn't it? It is. It is. Yeah, I do feel fortunate in that regard. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, um, yeah, look, I'd love to have a job, but um, I do also feel quite strongly the drive to um, to run my own business and have the yeah. flexibility that that can enable Agree. Um, but um, yeah, I'm a I'm a beggar, not being a chooser at the moment. But I actually, I'm not seeing any jobs come up. Neither am I. <laughs> yeah. Wonderful. Um, You've I got a little bit more flexibility around location, I guess. Who me? Yeah. Oh, I was just saying that to someone. I said, "Oh, I'm doing this podcast with a friend," and I said, "It's hilarious. I'm in Queensland and she's in Perth." And I said, "You know, that's the most isn't that the most remote." city in the world or something it There's is, some it is. Crazy, like it's, yeah it's perfect during a pandemic yeah yeah I was saying yeah, no one can no one can pass on the virus to us it's just no. too many kilometers to come yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> extraordinary isn't it yeah so yeah you are a little bit more limited but I think when I said you've got the time I was just thinking it through you know you can have ideas and there's so many chunks to bring those ideas to life that actually I actually know rather than you know, let my brain wear on that. Let me just go to Fiverr and find someone to do that part. You know, when you're sometimes under the pump and you're stressed and 
you, you don't, I don't, I don't tend to unpack things very well, but when I'm clear, I go, you know, you can just sort of do a big breakdown and work out the parts that you can sort of outsource rather than me sort of then deciding I have to become a web development expert. <laughs> you know, like oh, I... Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know whether I've always been like this. I think it's since I've discovered things like freelancer.com and fiverr.com. Yeah, right. yeah. I think probably in the past, yeah, certainly 10 years ago, I would have, um, you know, I guess I would have tried to learn how to do it myself because I'm yeah. not too bad at using the help menu in, in programs and, yeah. and doing my LinkedIn learning and those sorts of things. But, yeah, I do know the limits of my yeah. capabilities and, mm-hmm. uh and I think because there are low-cost options out there, um, it gives you a chance to try things and as also, well. Exactly. And also recognising where your time is best put. Yes. You know what I mean? Like my time is not best put trying to work out how to build a website from, you know, HTML code. You know, like it's not. Like so big. You know, and it's just having that clarity to go, actually, where is my time best at the moment? And then outsourcing the rest. I think that's Yes, a, yes. A I've always done a, I might have told you about this in years gone by. I've always, I read about it somewhere, but it's a real sort of economist's trick to um, think about opportunity cost and to, to quantify, you know, when you're, when you're working in a job, say if you work out that your salary equates to $80 an hour. Yeah. Uh, that's what you're earning, you know, in your pocket or whatever at the end yeah. of um, end of the day. Yeah. Um, you know, if you can give an hour of time to for someone to do something for you and pay them twenty five dollars an hour, yeah. Whether it's uh, an ironing lady, a cleaning person, a, um, a a graphic designer, uh, you know, then. Yeah that's an hour of your time that you can deploy that's worth $80 rather than spend it. And, and that's something you really enjoy doing and, and you know, want to do. But, yeah, I think with all of us with limited time, being yeah. able to say, well, actually, I'm not going to do, I'm going to spend my time on things that add $80 worth of value yeah. rather than those that, you know, only only cost me twenty five dollars to to pay someone else to do for that hour. So yeah, that's something fine. I've always yeah thought of the opportunity cost mantra. Yeah, exactly. Put it on my exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Um, and I guess yeah, in terms of all of these um, online business ideas, uh, I guess that the kind of underpinning thing is this idea that content is really what people are searching for online and or content is the way that people are finding, um, well, they're either looking for content or for things to buy, right, online. And um, so creating content is a really great way to drive traffic, you know, using your content and your networks to drive traffic to what it is you're trying to sell. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm trying to make a point of creating content as much as I can. So this podcast is one of the things, but not that I'm trying to sell anything with this podcast. Well, not yet anyway. <laughs> um, but um, also writing. Yeah. So one of the things I've recently um 
realised is that, do you ever read Medium articles? Medium. Yes, yeah. So you know there's a partner program where you can earn money by writing oh, for them? No. Yeah. Okay, I'll have a look. You could totally get into that, Kim. You could yeah, write stuff that. about startups and yeah. entrepreneurship and or horses. Horses. <laughs> Women and horses. What's you going could on write there? stuff there and depending on how many people view it and clap for it, Really? You get a check. Yeah. You get a, you get a bank deposit. Yeah. Are you doing anything with Medium? Um, I, d- I did a couple of things when I was working in technology marketing, but yeah. never. I got like 15 cents or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you had some revenue. <laughs> yeah. Except that it cost me $5 a month to be yeah. a member. <laughs> Was there an opportunity cost we can discuss? <laughs> oh, there was definitely an opportunity, but except that I learned. I yeah, learned. exactly. <laughs> it was learning. I love it though. It's it was great. paid learning. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I'm, I'm thinking of doing more of that as well. So oh, okay. um, yeah. another, another little yeah. yeah. I yeah. actually do read quite a lot of, if I see a medium, I go, oh, I know this is probably going to be good. Yeah. yeah. Association with that brand. Yeah. And I love their algorithm as well. Yeah. The yeah. stuff that it feeds you. Yes, exactly. Based on your reading. Yeah, I really like that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. So, Good. Yeah, look at that yeah, one. Check it out. Check it out. Yeah. And um, so that's about it from me. Did you did you want to talk about anything that's going on from your side of things? Um You're doing a bit of research at the moment into to opportunities that you want to talk about, even I, in vague terms? I will. I mean, I mean I'm one of mine is a, is a product, so yes. it's a product that I'm developing to solve a problem because you're yes. solving a problem. And at the moment I've been getting um, different other testers and like little prototypes and just to sort of see what is out there in the market that could be similar or is similar or could be used in place of like my new um I did item. Yep. Yeah, and and what I found is what I've the, the products I've found that are very similar to what I'm looking at doing um, are, are marketed to save the solve same problem, but for a little different niche area. Kind of just don't meet my expectations. Like they're just sort of something that I would never use myself in a different niche, right? Um, and yet I've came across one product that's for some other purpose altogether that completely ticks the box. So while I was kind of going, oh, this isn't kind of unique, there's competition, which is never a problem, you know, like being first to market's not everything. Yes. Um, I just thought, well, you know, there's already a product people could be using, but it's just not a product. So it's a product that cyclists or sports people would use. Yes. And I want to use it more in a beauty fashion context. So I'll say that. Fantastic. What people use in the sporting kind of cycling um, space is a product that mm, I don't think many women or fashionistas or whatever would want to use that same sort of product. So, I mean, that was a really good discovery and it was one of those things where you just go, I'm just going to pursue this line of thinking and, um, you know, I spent maybe like $40 buying, you know, competitor products and things that I thought were the same and, and then ended up with this really random thing that just kind of I didn't think would have, it wouldn't tick the box, it wouldn't be right. Turns out that it's um, 
pretty much bang on what I'm looking to do. Um, it's for something else entirely different, entirely different. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, like I'm kind of really happy about that. So What an amazing process to go through, though. Yeah. It was, Have it, you it, ever it, done like, anything like that in terms of product development no not like a real product maybe service but not product but I think the big lesson for that was do not make assumptions yes and that's where I think I almost fell into that little hole of yeah I'm going to just assume if there's that product that already says it does that out in the market well then why would I do it but yeah and not only is it a different niche but the actual product is something that my niche wouldn't even probably think about using think about using yeah 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 because there's a part of me that occasionally thinks of um yeah, kind of in that beauty or or skincare kind of space yes. where how I'd love to develop something, meeting, you know, solving a problem that I have in my, um, well, actually, particularly with my kids, it's a it's a sort of a skin thing in, in that space. So that's all I'll say because, um, yeah, we're just, you know, who knows where these things will lead. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, oh, wouldn't it be amazing to just have like a chemist at your disposal? Yes. We just mix all the little bits and bobs together. Yeah. You'd say, look, I really like this product, but I want more of that. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, actually it's probably not that hard to do. There's probably like people on Freelancer or something who do that. Yeah, Um, I wonder about that. I really wanted to go down that path. I think my concern with it is um, I just get daunted by all the kind of therapeutic goods administration type approvals, risk management, legalities of people putting on their skin and potentially breaking out in a big rash or, you know, burning half their face off or something and they're liable. So that's sort of what um, makes me shy away from that space. Um, But, um, yeah, it's certainly a little, you know, a little dream I I have occasionally. Certainly one of the product ideas I have would involve all of that kind of actual you know, sitting there with a test tube or whatever or, a little, I don't know, and and, and putting well, drops of this in and squirts yeah. of that. Because you can go to, like, the big sort of contract compounding pharmacy manufacturers. Yeah. make up stuff for you. Um, so that will be my next one. But definitely, like, the TGA and the legality, I was sort of, you know, not sure where... The line is drawn from, oh, here's a rose water face mist mm. which I need to sell without too much concern versus something, another product that I'm going to say you put this on your skin too. And, yeah, there's a fine line of what has to be assessed, what doesn't have to be assessed. So that's definitely part of my journey as well. Yeah. Be, you know, that could be the nail in the coffin. I don't know, but it's definitely worth, you know, finding out what is involved in that and, you know, yeah, what's the difference between, you know, someone making up their own witch hazel toner spritzer and something else. There's got to be some kind of clarity there which I will explore and, I mean, that's going to be just a few Googles and a phone call, I'm sure. So Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. What a great journey to go on. I look forward to hearing more about it as it evolves. Yeah. Yeah, well, hopefully next week I'll have a bit more of an update and I can talk a little bit more maybe specifically. Great. And um, look, I could sell you an advertising spot on this podcast when we have a product. Hey, Fleur, have you heard about this fantastic new product? I know. No, Kim, tell me more. (laughs) But have you 
Podcasts do that. The ones I listen to, podcasts, they'll just bounce straight into the ad. Um, yes. And, and same on radio. Like the, I, I used to do a lot of driving and, you know, drive time mm. and I was listening to Kennedy Malloy. I'm not sort of a Triple M listener usually, but I love Jane Kennedy and Mick Oh, Malloy. yeah, yeah, yeah. I love they, Mick Malloy. Yeah, and they would jump straight into an ad for like, you know, the Ford Explorer or something and it was brilliant. So we could spend <laughs> that. Buy up some advertising space. Yeah. I could sponsor the podcast when I'm famous. I mean, you know. All right, I look forward to discussing okay. our rates with yes. you. Yes. <laughs> Send me your red card. Yeah. <laughs> I'll send you a media pack. Yeah, media pack. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah, you get yeah. All right, well, we'll wrap it up there. We'll put all the notes in the um, the show notes. Next podcast yeah. in a week's time. Yeah. Join the Facebook group. Subscribe, everyone. Follow us on Twitter. All of that. And um, have a great week. Stay safe. Shout out again to all the frontline workers. Absolutely. And everyone keeping the economy going. Mm. And um, speak to you in a week. Okay. See Thanks, you. Kim. Bye. Bye. Bye.